game. It could be other things can sort of get our attention away from uh, what we're supposed to be focusing on and when it comes to, to our time together. And we've got to you know, guide our mind on, on those things. But uh, it's been a while since I've done Sunday night, so bear with me. Um, the, I've enjoyed the last month. We've had our, all of our um, different stages of life, different generations preach, and I've really enjoyed that. It was a blessing. And look, um, the young adults did offer to just take that on for the rest of the year, but I said, look, guys, thanks for that, but I'll, I'll, I'll preach. I'll be, once in a while, we'll be good. So, but Colossians chapter 1, and we'll read a couple of verses here, verses 12 to 14, and we're just up to these uh, couple of verses tonight. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. And Father, we come before you again tonight just mindful of the fact that we approach this time with, Lord, with with really a great, great privilege for the fact that we have your word. And Father, there are things that we can lend our minds to and even at this time, but the reality is, Lord, the, the, the eternal words of your book is, is uh, Lord, ought to be primary in our, in our thoughts. And Lord, it's the, the thing that'll change us, that'll, that'll help us, that'll, as was sung, that'll shelter us, dear God. And so I pray that you'd help us um, even tonight as we open your word to um, glean from it and Lord, to, to grow and Lord God, then to be changed, to be more like you and so I pray that you'd help us as we get into your word tonight in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. So it's been a while since we've been in this series, Grounded and Settled. We've looked at a couple of different, uh, a couple of the, the first verses of this chapter. We see the fact that, the, that really as Paul was writing to these, this group of people, his whole goal was to help them to be grounded, grounded and settled in, in their faith. And again, just by way of... of um, just review, we know that Paul never really met these, uh, these, uh, these believers, and so he was writing with the thought that these were believers that had been testified by Epaphras and others who uh, had known them. And so uh, Paul introduces himself, so we answered the, um, the question, who is Paul? We looked at the, the fact that, uh, that this was addressed to a local church, and so we answered the question, who is the church? Then we looked at um, that Paul's intention in the letter, what was he writing for, and then also we looked at who is Epaphras, who is noted here in verse 7, as you also learn of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, and we, we noted that and, and, and gleaned from that. And then we, we looked at really Paul's, uh, Paul's prayer for the Colossians and his intent for them and his desire for them and how we ought to desire good things for one another. In our prayer, we ought to desire right things for our, ourselves as we go on in, the, in, our, in our faith. And then we see in verses 12 to 14, he says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And he really, he refers back in verse 3, he says, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he, he says there that he gives thanks for, for the church, for their testimony. And now he's saying here in verse, uh, verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us. And now he's bringing, bringing it back to the fact that they all belong 
to the, the Heavenly Father. And, you know, um, tonight we're just going to simply answer the question, who is the Father? And just gleaned from these couple of verses, just a reminder of who it is that we belong to. And it's important, you know, one of the basic things that, that we desire as humans is just where do we belong? We all, we all want a sense of belonging. And we understand that as believers now that we, we, because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't belong to ourselves, but we belong to someone. And really, we belong to God the Father. And so he says here, giving thanks unto the Father. And there's reasons why we can be thankful for our Heavenly Father. And, you know, again, Paul is reminding the church here about the fact that they have some things to be thankful for. And he's going to refer to the fact that they're going to be thankful for these reasons for the Heavenly Father. And I want to give you those reasons tonight and maybe just refocus ourselves a little bit on on who our, our Heavenly Father is and, and why it's so great to belong to Him and why it's great to, to be thankful for, uh, for our God. And so the first one is this. Notice in verse 12, he, gives, he says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance. So firstly, He's the one that gave us an inheritance. And I, I know that all of us here, we have different backgrounds, and maybe you can look at your family lineage from an earthly point of view and see the the kind of inheritances that we can get. We've just finished a month of heritage and we've been focusing a little bit about that. And it's often heritage is tied to inheritance, which is really tied to your lineage, your belonging. And, and yet in our Heavenly Father, we, He's given us an inheritance. We are to be partakers of the inheritance of saints in light. The, an inheritance is simply an estate derived from an ancestor to an heir by succession or in the course of law. And, and you know, recently, as we, we've observed this past month, the, the queen uh, passed away. She went into eternity, and, and there was an heir to the throne. And in times past, when people were trying to recognize who it was that was meant to take on an inheritance that's significant like that, there had to be a proving that, that that person is the rightful heir. And what he's saying here, he's saying that he's, we're giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet. That means we're fitting to be partakers of that inheritance. And, and you know, the, there's a test of meetness or fittedness to be heirs. And, and the, the good news for us tonight, if you're saved, is that fittedness isn't based on any kind of thing that we can do. It's based on the fact that the Lord Jesus had made us fit in the sight of our Heavenly Father. Look at Romans chapter 8. Look at Romans chapter 8, and we'll go through and read a couple of other passages this evening. Look at Romans chapter 8. And notice with me verses 15 to 17. Verse 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And if you know that word, Abba, uh, is, is, a, is a word that was a term of endearment. It was a term of closeness. He says that the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, 
If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. And so this adoption that we received, it's because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we've been translated from one family to the other. And because of that fact, then we've been made meat. Okay, we've been made partakers and, and joint heirs with Christ. And look at Galatians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. Galatians now, turn with me, Galatians chapter 4. And notice verses 6 to 7. And because... Ye are sons of God, sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God, through who? Through Christ. And so because of the fact that there was a, a, that the Lord Jesus Christ, as a son of God, he laid down his life, and there was a, a point in our lives where we accepted him in, in his, in, in, in his, um, in his sacrifice on the cross, then we've been made heirs. That's the that's the um, that's meatedness, and so this excludes natural meatness. And what I'm saying is, is sometimes we, again, from an earthly point of view, there's a natural fittedness to that. There was nothing natural about it. It was God working in us, and the the really the only natural meatness for man is an inheritance in hell. For the sinner has in him all the elements of that, but meatness for heaven, what that refers to, that fittedness that we're, we're, we're made to be partakers of this inheritance is to the renewal that we find through salvation in the, in the Holy Spirit. All right, it's the atoning work of Jesus in our lives. It's the adoption of the believer. It's what God has, has, has placed in us through the gift of salvation and part of that is the, the, the fittedness to be an heir. All right, and, and so what is this inheritance that God is referring to here in, in, uh, in, his, uh, in, uh, in this letter in Colossians? Firstly, I want to say that this, this inheritance, it's a destination. All right, we've been, we have uh, another citizenship. We have a citizenship in heaven. It's a destination. Jesus said himself in John 14, 1 and 3, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That's a guarantee. That's an inheritance. And he's one day. And, and whether it's by, by being called up in the rapture or before that, being, uh, you know, we're absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. We understand that we have an inheritance that's a destination. We're going to be there. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. And notice with me verse 3. Saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Then skip down to verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times... He might gather together in one all things in Christ, and lest you, you're, you're still trying to figure out where that destination is, both which are in heaven and which are on earth even in Him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ." So again, you know, there are some of those who get afraid of that word predestinated. But it's clear in the context, it's those who first trusted in Christ. They're the ones that are put in that destination 
of heaven. They're the ones, if, if we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the atoning work of the cross, then we've been predestined to go into heaven. That's the place. That's the destination. Heaven and all of its brightness is given to us who've trusted Christ. And we see later on the, 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 the wonderful reunion through, uh, through, through the Scripture there uh, that, that tells us of our future of all tribes, of all kindred, of all tongues. And there'll be a glad reunion of where we, we truly belong. It's our inheritance. It's a destination. But then notice with me, go back to Colossians chapter 1. It's not only a, a, a destination, it's also a disposition. Because he says here, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Notice that, we're saints in light. The Bible tells us in James chapter 1, verses 17 to 18, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning, of his own will begat us, he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. But we see there he's the father of lights. And so it, it, it hearkens to our identity even here on earth. And part of our inheritance is, is the nature that we find in him. Is that there's likeness. You know, we were, uh, there's this certain family traits that get passed down that, that is a show of, likeness, right? You, you can see someone and you'll go, they definitely belong to that family, right? There's a certain trait. And what he's saying here is part of our inheritance is, is, is a disposition of, of that can only be found in the Father of lights. We are to be light like him. And what light is, is often in Scripture, is in particular relating to us as New Testament believers, is that he's speaking about our identity in Christ. In Matthew chapter 5, 14, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. In, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So he's saying, actually, our disposition, our very nature is an inheritance, that, that new nature that we find through Christ and is, 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 is in, in hearkening to our identity in the Father. He's the Father of lights. And, and there's a great contrast there, isn't it? You're sometimes darkness, but now are you light. And I can't think of any greater contrast anywhere than light and dark. No one mistakes light for darkness. No one mistakes darkness for light. And there's a, there's a, there's a moving from one thing to the other. And the Bible tells us in Romans 13, 12, the night is far spent. The days at hand, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And the Bible says this, and let us put on the armor of light. And you know, we know that there's a spiritual armor that God gives us as a resource. But you know, armor isn't only protective. Armor is identity. You know how you can tell when you're in a battle in the midst of it? Your armor looks different to the other teams, right? Right? There's two teams tonight, okay? Just, just in case you were wondering. There's two teams you can tell because they're different colors. And what you find is, is, is again, when it comes to referring to light, it's really our, our, an inheritance to us. It's our disposition. We've inherited those things that are like our fathers. We've been moved from 
that kingdom of darkness to a kingdom of light. And so now we have an armor of light. And really it's our identity as we re- in relation to our Heavenly Father. Hebrews 9.15, And for this cause He is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. You know what this is? It's a new nature. That under grace in Christ, we've been given a new nature. It's a new disposition. That's an inheritance. And what I'm saying is this is the, our, our identity in our Heavenly Father, our identity that we now find through Christ. That's our power over sin. That's our spiritual gifts. Now we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. All of that is implied in, in what we are. We're the saints in light. And so that's our inheritance. He's made us to, to he's the one that's given us an inheritance. But also we're thankful because he's the one, notice this, that has delivered us. Look at verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. You know, we had to be rescued from darkness. It wasn't something that we could fight off ourselves. No, we had to be rescued. You know, I mentioned this morning again that, that, there's, that there's that nature in man that, you know, we, we want to eradicate, but we can't do it ourselves. We can only do it through the freedom and the delivery that we find through Him. And He's the one that delivered us. To be delivered means to be freed. It means to be released. It means to be transferred or transmitted. It means to be passed from one to another, simply rescued. You know what he did? He passed, we're passed from darkness to light. Again, John 12, 36, while ye have light, believe in the light that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them, but we're the children of light. We've been, we were in darkness, now we're in light. We've been passed from the law to grace. Where it was that we were condemned and guilty in the law under grace, we've been found innocent and, and guilt-free in Romans 7, 6. But now we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. So we've been passed, delivered from the law to grace. We've been passed from death to life. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 9 to 10. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. And we understand that that ultimately Jesus had victory over the grave and over death. And one day we will be, even when we face death, it has no hold over us. One day even those that were, that, that had had died previously, even in the first resurrection, they'll be brought up in the cloud and they'll be given new bodies, right? And who's looking forward to that? Praise God. And I'm thankful that He delivered us and because of that, He's delivered us from death to life. He says, And you hath He quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Hey, listen, where, where it was that our destiny was death, now our destiny is life. That, that's that's how, how He's delivered us. You know, He's passed us from wrath to acceptance. Hey, listen, Christian, there's no more condemnation in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, we've been passed from wrath to acceptance in 1 Thessalonians 1.10, and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. 
Listen, there's no, there's no tribulation for the saint. We'll be delivered from that. Listen, there's, there's no more to pay. He's already done it all. And so that wrath to come is not upon us. And we see that it, He's delivered us from wrath to acceptance. In Ephesians 1.6, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. You know, if you struggle with the sense of acceptance, you know, you just need to go to Scripture. And you just need to remember that, that actually being in Christ and, and what we're thankful for in the Father is, is he, He's delivered us from this, this wrath to acceptance. You know, He's passed us also from enmity to peace. In Colossians 1, 21 to 22, later down, he says, In you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Man, that's an amazing thought. To come from a place where you are at enmity, you are at odds, you are on the opposite side. And now in contrast to that, He's delivered you from that to, to being accepted and to having peace, to being unblameable, to being unreprovable in His sight. And that's, that's, that's what we have to be thankful for in, in Christ, but uh, in, in our Father. But notice also then lastly tonight, notice there, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us, tra- translated us into the kingdom of of his dear son. So now he goes back to his son in whom we have redemption through his blood. And what we find here is, is actually, as he's giving thanks unto the Father, he, he goes on and he says, We've been translated. So, similarly to being delivered, he, he's translated us, he's placed us into the kingdom of his dear son. We're no longer under condemnation. But he says, In whom, in his son, we have redemption through his blood. And yet, here's the, here's the last point I want to make as we think about this tonight. We, we can be thankful for the Heavenly Father because He's the one that redeemed us. And by that I mean, in whom we have redemption, we have redemption through the Son. But it was, it was God's plan. It was in God's mind. Don't forget that we've been brought back. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And we understand that Jesus was the offering of redemption. But God the Father, He was the architect of redemption. He sent His Son. He gave His Son. In 1 Peter 1, 18-19, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You know, when we have our, our, the Lord's Supper, what we do is we remember the redemption that has been given us. We remember the sacrifice of the Lord. We remember that actually the, the, the Heavenly Father in, in His grace to us sent down His Son to suffer the, the, the consequences of sin on, on our behalf, to be the substitutionary death, that, that the, to pay the payment that we couldn't pay. And we're reminded of that in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God and you're not your own? And the, that's the price. We're brought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit which are God's. It's, a, it's important to remember. He says we give thanks unto the Father 
And he says, delivered us and hath translated us to the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood. But then he says this, even the forgiveness of sins. And, and we need to, at this point, consider Christ. You know, he is dear son. See, the father redeems us through his son's sacrifice. Jesus' willingness to lay down his life was the father's plan for redemption. Remember Jesus, even at his moment of agony, as he contemplated the very thing that he was facing, he, he prayed, if it, if it be, let this cup pass from me, but then he's surrender, but not my will, but thine be done. This wasn't Jesus' will. I know in his humanity, he was looking at that, and the, the daunting, the daunting uh, shadow of the cross was ahead of him. But we understand that he surrendered to the Father's will. He surrendered to the, the, the redemption plan that, that, that God the Father sent his own Son to undertake for us. That's why he says to us in Hebrews 12, verse 3, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then he says this, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. So consider Christ. You know, when we go through the, the, the things that we have to endure in life, when we go through the, the times where it just doesn't seem like we can get through, he's saying, consider him, look unto Jesus. Look at what he went through. Look at what he went through considering us, considering the joys that were set before him. And we consider the fact that he was willing to be the sacrifice for our redemption, but then consider his forgiveness. Because he says, even the forgiveness of sins. And, and you know, one of the things that, that so often can plague us is the guilt of sin. It's the guilt of all of that. And, and, and we can so allow that to plague us. And then we, in those moments, we need to remind ourselves, actually, we're forgiven. We're forgiven in Christ. And yes, there's times where we ought to get the sense of that guilt because we have committed that sin. But don't forget to go all the way and understand that actually you have forgiveness. That you don't have to stay there. That you don't have to continue to commit it. And Romans 4, 7 saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. In Ephesians 1, 7, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to his, the riches of his grace. Look at 1 John 2. Look at 1 John 2 and, and pretty much be done tonight. 1 John chapter 2 and then we'll look at chapter 4. But verse 2, notice what the Bible says. And this is referring to Christ and he is the propitiation for our sins. He, he's the peace offering. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You imagine the great message that we have as, as Christians is one of, one of forgiveness. We, we understand that then he was the propitiation for that. He was the, the peace offering. He was a worthy offering. And in 1 John 4.10, herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. You know, it was the father. He sent his son. He sent his son to be the peace offering. He sent his son to be the payment when none of us here could pay. 
And, you know, tonight as we think about the kind of life that we have, and, you know, we're not perfect. There's things we just don't understand. There's things that we struggle with. But certainly there's things that we can be thankful for. And maybe we just give some thanks for our Heavenly Father who, actually, He's the one that gave us an inheritance. We ought to give thanks to the Heavenly Father because actually He's the one that hath delivered us and translated us. And we ought to give thanks because really He was the architect of redemption. And He willingly sent His Son. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. What, what more famous verses are there than John 3.16? And yet the truth of that is, is we can give thanks and we can be thankful and we can rejoice in who the Father is. And actually, a grounded and settled Christian is grounded and settled in their belonging. And let's, let's be grounded and settled in who we belong to and rejoice in the Heavenly Father. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we come before you and Lord, we are thankful for, for you, our God, our Heavenly Father. And thank you that you're an all-powerful God. Thank you that you're a God who saw our plight as, as mankind and, and our hopeless state. And Lord, not only did you rescue us, you gave us a place, Lord, where we're, we're joint heirs with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's an amazing thing. Thank you that we can look and we can see the destination ahead. We can look and, Lord, in our lives, see that we, you've given us a new nature, a disposition that is like you. And help us, Lord, to strive for that. Help us not to hinder that. And, and then, Lord God, that that we rejoice in the fact that we've been made, we've been, we've been made clean, we've been redeemed. And we're thankful, dear Lord, that, you, Lord, you, you had that plan, that you willingly sent your Son. And we, we praise our Heavenly Father, we praise you tonight, and we praise our Savior, Jesus Christ, for your willingness, Lord. And help us to go in that this, this week with thanksgiving. Pray for your blessing upon the rest of this week. And we pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name.